to Stoppage Time, the Surrey FA podcast powered by VidPix. Today we are joined by not one but three guests. Today's guests are a group of women who are all passionate about grassroots football and developing opportunities for females to get involved. All three guests bring a wealth of experience to the table, working with different age groups and also in different roles at their respective clubs. Our guests for this episode are Sarah Collett from Merston FC, Sue Blinkley from Met Police Youth FC, and Emma Eaton from East Surrey Girls. Thank you to the three of you for joining us. Right, we'll get started, ladies. So, first question, I'm going to aim this at Emma and Sue. So, what inspired you to create your club and the teams within your club? Emma, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so for me, um, it all sort of goes back to when I used to play, um, and I used to play for a team, and I wasn't the best player, I'm happy to admit that, and uh, I didn't necessarily have the best experience, so it was kind of one of those teams that was all about winning, and because I wasn't the best, I used to play the last five minutes of the game, if that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I very quickly fell out of love of playing football. I stopped playing when I was about 13, and didn't play or even watch football really until I left uni when I was 21. Um, and when I got back into coaching, I really wanted to create an environment where like girls didn't have that same experience as me. It was all about being positive and really praising them and encouraging them to be to try new things and be creative and and not be worried about making mistakes. And that's something that's always sort of driven our club at Isari Girls is that every girl will play the same amount of football it doesn't matter your ability your background it doesn't matter anything that might put you at a disadvantage you will play the same amount of football as anyone else because why not like you're all there to learn you're all there to develop um and so that's sort of yeah the reason why i wanted to create my club in the first place was to give girls a different experience than that i'd had I think that's a that's a great philosophy there, Emma. It makes me a little bit sad as well that you dropped out of football for that reason too. It's um because obviously Sarah, we'll hear a bit more about Sarah's story a little bit later, but I guess she's at the opposite end where she has fallen in love with football as well, maybe at a later stage in life. And it's oh, that does make me a little bit sad. How about you, Sue? Uh, well, I guess it all started. My daughter was um she was keen, you know, she was six or seven, eight, and she was knocking about you know with my son and it, playing football and and we kind of thought you know she needs a bit more so we obviously we were looking around for a club and we heard that Met Police were looking to put a girl section together and it kind of really went from there I got involved and um, haven't looked back since I mean to be honest in terms of setting up the girls section it was the natural thing to do we had a boys section why not you know pride ourselves and get a girls section going which is exactly what we did um, it, it started off with probably one team and obviously over the years we've we've progressed to obviously nine teams now so it, it's just something that it's been a natural progression I would say I mean I was quite inspired when I, I was able to say yes to inquiries rather than saying no sorry we can't actually offer that for your daughter so it, for me it was it was brilliant because we were just getting so many girls involved in the game yeah that's really positive yeah, our, our priority was probably to to be more inclusive and, you know, meet the needs of the community and, you know, by being able to offer something for girls. Yeah, definitely. And do you find in terms of the, the girls, you obviously get a lot of inquiries from outside, but do you get a lot of sisters and from the yes. boys that are at the club that come across? Yeah, 
yeah, we get sisters, cousins, yeah. And I, to be honest, I think it's a lot of it's based on reputation as well. And I think if you if you've got a good club and you do a good job, it, it's a natural progression. I mean, year on year, we've seen that we've attracted more girls into the game but I think it's not only that it's the environment we provide it's it's fun you know it's an experience where they're learning um you know part of a team social interaction just just seeing new friendships and developing skills and teamwork and you know not only that it's respect for themselves their opponents and you know just sharing it through a positive experience yeah, definitely. And I must just say for anyone listening as well, all three clubs on this call today are charter standard clubs. So that does mean that they are operating to certain standards, have qualified coaches in place, safeguarding qualifications and first aid. And and all of your clubs have got great reputations. So that's testament to all of you guys. So well done for that. So, Sarah, what inspired you to start playing the recreational side of the game? Well, mine was a bit like Emma, really. I um, love football completely love it it's a massive part of our family um my immediate family and my wider family it's always been a big part of our lives and I started playing when I was quite young at school um and it got to about sort of 13 14 and the opportunities just completely dried up there was just nothing there um for girls actually because I was actually living in the Reading area at the time and there really wasn't anything that you could then progress to um so you know you you stop but you don't stop loving it. You just stop playing. Um, and just as as sort of time's gone on, recreational football has just become really, really popular. And Merston, about three and a half years ago, um, I can't take the credit. Someone, Abby put the team together initially um, because it was a group of mums that follow their children, play for Merston. My husband was a coach there. My son was playing there. So I was there involved as it was thinking, you know, I quite fancy playing this myself. So when that started, I jumped on it. It was just, um, and it's been absolutely brilliant. We've gone from uh, some days only having like six players um, to now we've got a, a regular core of 20 with up to over 30 actually on the books. So, um, you know, people d dip in and dip out, but it is absolutely brilliant. Like-minded women, Everyone's got the common interest of football. They love playing it. There's no, there's, there's no rivalry. There's, it really is. You just turn up, you learn, you learn, you know, you're still learning how to play football. You're still learning new techniques, new ideas. Um, but you know, you're a, you're a group of women that just really enjoy it. It's an awful lot of fun. And it's, I think that's the thing that you have to always remember that it's fun first Mm -hmm. And then you're learning and you're getting fit. And, you know, it's just a break from the norm. It's a chance to run off some energy. If work has been particularly challenging, you can go and, you know, kick a ball about and get that energy out. It's um, it's absolutely fabulous. I'd recommend it to anybody. It beats going to the gym to work out, doesn't it? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. And the good thing is, is a lot of there's been a lot of teams that have been created um, that have grown in the local area in, in quite a short space of time. So you've actually built up new friendship groups as well with people that play in local teams. And soon you might be able to socialise with them too. Yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> Just on the, um, the, with the growth of the women's rec game, I mean, it, over the last two, three years, it, it has had a massive growth which is really really good and really positive do you think that once we're out of this lockdown that you're going to get more inquiries 
I'd like to think so. I think so. I think um, obviously we've got the Euros next year. So I think that's going to generate a lot more interest. The WSL is really, really popular. And there's a lot of people that are watching it now. And I think with the lockdown, I think people are going to want to get out. And like you say, not necessarily to go to the gym, but just want to go and do some exercise. And I think once you can let people know that you don't have to be great at football, you don't actually have to have played before. You, but if you want to, you know, turn up and then you will enjoy it. And I think I think we probably will get a lot more interest. Well, I'm hoping so anyway. Yeah, no, I think you will. I think I even noticed um, towards the end of last year, I was getting more inquiries about people wanting to get involved across all age bands. And I just I think that is going to continue to grow because people will yeah. want to do exercise and sport outdoors as well. So mm. Yeah. Brilliant. OK, so talked about the positives, some really good stuff going on there, guys. But there's definitely been challenges along the way. So what, what was your biggest challenge in, you had to overcome when setting up your club or your session? Um, Sue, do you want to start us off on this one? Um, the difficulties, I, I think, is obviously that there is um, an element of um, girls, you know, are girls as good as boys and all that kind of thing. And I think that that's always been something that we've been, you know, girls we kind of promote one for all. You know, there's there's no difference between the two you can you know you, you're just as good and I think that's the you, it's the way that you promote the girls um in terms of what what they can achieve do, do you know what I mean you know there's no negativity I mean for us it's kind of like the girls can do what the boys can do and and, and that's how we look at it I mean another challenge would be probably um in terms of keeping the girls in the game I know that's another thing because obviously I, I, we find that the girls tend to do lots of different sports it's whereas boys I think are kind of like cricket you know rugby or football girls kind of dance you know netball hockey and it is harder keeping you know the, the girls in enjoying it but I think if you provide a positive experience then you know that that's how how we do it that you just grow and grow as you go yeah, no, definitely. I think the the multi-sport aspect or activity aspect of a girl, I think it's so much more noticeable in terms of them having those opportunities to do different things. And if you're yeah. a sporty girl as well, you get dragged everywhere, don't you? Exactly, yeah. Emma, what, do you, what would you say along the lines of challenges? It's been a tough um, for I think for us and our club has definitely been about female coaches. Um, when I started the club, my my dream situation was a women's club ran by women for women, you know, and that type of thing. And that's just not the case. Um, and when I was like, doing my coaching badges years ago, I've always been like the only girl on a coaching course of all men. And that's totally fine until you're in a situation you're running a club and you really want female coaches. And then you realise there's actually not many out there. Um, and our club is sort of ran by a team of dads and every every coach is a dad of one of our players and they're all amazing they're all brilliant but it would also be nice to have some female coaches and we've had a few over the years who drop in and out and they'll come for a few months and then then they leave which is fine but it's I've always struggled to keep them on board and keep them sort of staying with us and I'd absolutely love that for our for our young girls is to have you know a team of of women that really can be role models to them and can can inspire them. Um, that's something I've always wanted, and that's a challenge that I don't really have a solution to. Um, I sort of hope that 
my girls can grow up a bit faster so I can make them coaches <laughs> um but in terms of right now yeah it's a it's a it's a challenge that I don't have a solution to really yeah no that is tough how many um female coaches have you got at the club Emma it's just myself just you yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean it's the story's the same across the board if you looked at all of the female clubs in Surrey I'm sure if you worked out the percentage it would be mm. minimal sadly but we're working yeah. on it and we'll get there one day I'm sure how about you, Sarah? What kind of challenges have you overcome? Because obviously you're working with a different age group as well. So your challenges may have been slightly different. Completely. Yeah, that though, just going back to what Emma was saying there, I'm the only female coach at Merston. So I can totally understand. <laughs> I've, I've got a little under eight team as well. that So I can completely understand that it would be nice, so much nicer to have, you know, more females out there. I completely agree with that implicitly. Um, for me, I found our challenges was selling the fun factor and also women of let's say my age shall we say it's you're not all what you want to do isn't always the priority because you might have children um who who have got like hobbies and sports of their own so you might be ferrying them around first and foremost so actually something that you want to do maybe isn't always possible to do we we had a lot of issues when we were trying to decide the right day of the week to actually hold our sessions because we do it on a Monday and it seems to work for everybody. But when we go to winter training, we were going to have to move that. And lots of people are like, my daughter does gymnastics. My son does something else. So it was becoming more challenging for them to be able to put themselves first and say, actually, this is my designate date. But actually, as it stands, we, we sort of seem to have caught the right day. So we, we had more of a problem of the, the time um, element of it. And the only other thing we really do have sometimes is the age barrier. People go, I'm too old. You're really not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're really, really not. And actually, you know, we've got people that come that are in their fifties, you know, and then we've got others that are in their early thirties. It it doesn't matter. And and I think that's trying to convince people that you're not really, really not too old. Well, you know, I don't know how to play football. Neither did any of us. Come on, you know. So I think when when you've got a positive to a challenge, then you're sort of half the, half the job's done. Then, isn't it? What What would you say, Sarah, is the youngest age you capture? Because obviously, even if you're a female and you're 16, 17, 18, recreational football might still be a better option for you than playing in an 11 aside lit or club yeah. than in a league. I mean, sure. You're getting that, we, we've, we've tried to get that balance because we want it to be fun for everybody. So you don't want someone, you know, someone who's a bit older feeling that they can't run as fast as, say, a 25-year-old or a 20-year-old. And equally so, the 20-year-old thinking, I'm not getting any fun playing. So we, what we've done, we, we kind of do it 30 plus. If anybody below 30 comes, we wouldn't then say you can't. What we do is that come for a trial session and see what you think. We're very lucky that we've got the likes of Rygate. We've got the likes yeah. um, of Kingswood. We've, we've got other teams around us that actually you might be better suited to their pace. We are quite recreational and we are, gen, you know, initially we are there for the fun element. So I think if they want more competitive then actually, you know, another local team might be better suited. But we would never then say, no, you can't come and play with us because, you know, you're too young. We'd say, come, come and turn up every week and enjoy yourself. And But it might not be exactly what you're looking for. No, that it's really good as well in the female game, how you see that clubs talk to each other and there's no rivalry. They sort of helping yeah. each other out. That's a real, yeah. real plus of the female game. So if you were to give advice to someone looking to set up a club or a team, what would that be, Emma? Um, if I sort of think about what advice I wish I'd had when I was setting it up, um, that would sort of be like, just 
believe in your own ability and if you know what your reason why is and what you're trying to achieve and what your purpose is then then go for it worst case scenario is that you know you do it for a season it doesn't it doesn't end up a success but look at all these opportunities you've created all these different skills you've developed and best case scenario you know is a huge success you've changed loads of people people's lives you've really had a positive impact on your community and I guess that's something that I sort of went back and forth with when I was setting up my club is that there was lots of people telling me I shouldn't really do it or I should just go and join another club because why create all this work when there's so many clubs in the area that I'm in Um, whereas the vision I had for our club was different from other clubs so sort of believe in yourself and believe in your own ability and even if you don't have the skill set right now like that's something you can learn along the way Um, and as long as you get that team of people around you that can really support that and really believe it and buy into what you're trying to sell then then it is going to be a success either way that's good advice really good advice Emma how about you Sue um I guess coming from obviously slightly bigger club that was obviously more established anyway I mean from from my point of view it's good to have a good support network of the team working around you um so that obviously you can bounce about you know your visions and your beliefs because I think it's hard you know if it was one person taking it on it it would be quite difficult I think it's quite um an important probably a a bit of a responsibility really because obviously you know you've got the child welfare the safeguarding so I think that the more people that you know are there to help you structure and, and, and get involved would be ideal I also think obviously looking at what is also being offered already in your area on perhaps what you could offer slightly differently um you know something which you would encourage more people to obviously come to you that you're perhaps specializing or or offering something slightly different just kind of working out I guess knowing your patch really of, of what is there you know around you yeah I think that's really key you both mentioned that actually about knowing what you what your offer actually is because it's particularly in the boys game there's a lot of replication isn't there there's a lot of clubs popping up and it is if you can offer something a little bit different and you know your market or you're working on different age groups to the the club down the road it makes a big big difference with recruitment doesn't it yeah so Sarah if you were to give advice to someone that wanted to get involved in recreational football or play socially what would that be just step outside your comfort zone and do it <laughs> um you don't have to have played i think that is the that is offering those reassurances that you know you you don't have to have played before um and you will be with like-minded women i mean we're really lucky that we've got you know a great team that we've created that isn't clicky in any any way everyone's always really welcomed but outside of that we we do things together like we go for runs together or we might just go for a kickabout on the weekend or you know then we have socials so we you know had our Christmas party if it's somebody's birthday someone will bake a cake and you know it becomes more than just that one hour a week it becomes more of a you know a social element and actually you, you get to meet like-minded people share a common interest um, for something that you genuinely you know you genuinely love and you're passionate about so I just think I think taking that first step is is the hardest but is definitely worth it definitely yeah definitely it was the same for trying anything new isn't it it's doing it for that first time it's dipping your toe in the water but yeah you do yeah. it and then you'll love it and you'll carry on playing so really good advice 
Okay, so Emma, you were a rising star of the year on our Grassroots Football Awards in 2020. What has this award given you in terms of motivation to keep growing your club? I think any time you get sort of rewarded for your achievements is always quite a nice feeling and it to be able to share that with the girls at my club I think well I hope anyway sort of inspire them to sort of follow in my footsteps that's sort of one thing I've always really wanted is them to even if they don't go into like leadership in football but like can see what is possible and I guess when I started my club I was relatively young and things like age didn't really stop me achieving things like that um so I think that's really really been a positive from that award um and it's really sort of empowered me to push the club forward and want to grow and want to be able to positively impact as many girls as possible um over the last three years we've sort of interacted with over 100 girls they sort of play with us in our teams and our wildcats programs and stuff and the thought that myself and our team have been able to achieve that within three years I think okay well five years ten years look at all the extra growth we can do and how many more lives we can impact and if even if they these girls just stay and play football for a bit longer and don't drop out when they're a teenager ager, can carry on playing until they're adults or can go into coaching or refereeing or whatever it is if me winning this award can impact that along the line then that's yeah it's incredible really no that's really good I think in terms of a role model Emma you're a fantastic role model for the girls <laughs> at your club so, Thanks. <laughs> who, who else better to look up to I mean to be honest you're you're so young as well with what you've achieved so far so yeah, it's really really impressive so Sarah we recently launched our new kite mark for the women's recreational game in Surrey which we're really excited about because I think it we're one of the first counties to do something like this so it's called Build, Sustain and Grow. So what do you hope this kite mark could do in terms of the development of the women's rec game? Uh, well, it's a huge selling point. Um, I think it demonstrates the level of commitment uh, throughout the teams. Um, you know, where, where you place yourself, it gives you something to aspire to be. Um, and it gives you a pathway through there. I mean, even though it's, you know, technically a group of women playing football, you want to be taken seriously. And you also kind of want to be the best version of yourself as a team. So doing these little, you know, you can start off and start off, you know, as a bronze and then move your way up as you progress. I just think it, it gives all the players um, a chance to develop as well so they can have their own opportunities to grow their own knowledge, whether that's the coaching through the playmaker or they take a safeguarding route, um, even the mental health training. You know, there's so many different things that you can cover. So it doesn't just make it about one person, i.e. myself, leading the team forward. It's, well, actually, you can do this as well, you know, and it makes it more about the team. And I think then when you're going to, you know, when, when people want to come and join your team, you can say, well, look, this is actually all that we, you know, this is all this great stuff that we're doing. Uh, and I just I just think it, it just portrays you really professionally. And I just think it just it really does sort of emphasise everything that you want to be that's positive within the team. Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, well sold, Sarah. Well sold. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Any women's rec groups out there that want to get the kite mark? Contact me. <laughs> I was going to say we put our we put our application in, so I hope you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we have. We're working on it. <laughs> So soon, Met Police have got nine girls teams now at the club. Yep. Under eights to 15s, is that right? Yes. 
So, so what do you think some of the key factors are that have helped you with the growth over the years? Because I mean, it's it's great, isn't it, to say, yeah, we want to set up a girls section, but knowing the age group to start oh, sure. and having the confidence to know it's going to grow. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I think the one for all, you know, one for all motto that it's inclusive for both boys and girls that they're both given the same opportunities that there's, you know, that that they can both do and and, and that the girls can you know be mascots or you know it, it, you know that kind of thing the the other thing that we've found is obviously a good strong club reputation really um and we've we've built up quite a good rapport with local schools in the area so that helps too we've got a couple of wildcat centers so obviously that that helps grow from the bottom so that we're you know getting them in young and then keeping them all together um, and not only that, but obviously with the Wildcats, we we also get our older players involved by helping to come junior coaches. So obviously that kind of it's quite nice because we've got the girls getting involved at the younger age, but obviously the young, the older age, too. So the little girls kind of see that the older girls are a bit of as role models, I guess, that, you know, that they can do whatever. Um, not only that, but we've in terms of the coaching staff and volunteer help is is absolutely paramount and key. I mean, we've got two female coaches at the club and we we pride ourselves on, on being able to, you know, a, a, a attract good coaches. And, and like with the other teams, that most of the, the parents are the coaches. So it's nice that the parents are keen to get involved and, and, and as, like the, the female parents as such and, and to help grow the section as best they can yeah. I think you know having a well-balanced and organized club committee also helps because we're it's well structured in in how we're put together really do you have a separate committee for your girls section or is it all you've got one committee for the whole club one committee for the whole club I just obviously represent the the girls portion no that makes sense and you touched on volunteers as well I mean yeah they're they're key aren't they to grassroots clubs there's no getting well, away from that but. without a doubt without a doubt I mean we, without having the, the volunteers uh, you know they're dedicated they're enthusiastic I mean yeah we we couldn't run without having volunteers you know to run the line to put the goals away I know that might sound silly but no, that's part and parcel of, of the game isn't it so yeah well without 100% we completely you know De dedication and volunteers I mean in the enthusiasm it, it, that that's that's paramount over everything I think do any of you guys struggle to get volunteers come forwards no not massively no we've been all right actually been quite lucky that's good to hear that's good to hear I mean I because I know a lot of a lot of places maybe the smaller clubs maybe do struggle a little bit with volunteers but it's um I think you get so much back as well if you as a volunteer by just putting yourself out there you just find a love of it and as you said it's new social circles and lots of other bits come from it don't they apart from just putting the goals out or running the line <laughs> I think sometimes um volunteers worry about the amount of time commitment they have to put in and that is sort of our job to sell to them like well you can put in as little or as much as you really want because no matter if you give us an hour a week that's we're in a better position than before so if yeah. you can give us any sort of amount of time is beneficial to the club and to the players and everyone involved yeah no definitely it's a really good point emma really good point 
So finally, to wrap up, the women's side of the game has been booming over recent years. Obviously, we've got the Euros coming to the country next year, which will be really exciting. Um, how can we ensure it still continues to grow once we return to the pitch after nearly a year of not playing much football? When I say that, that sounds like such a long time that we haven't been on the grass. But what, what do you guys think that we can, if we ensure we do something, one thing, what, what would it be to get more people playing? Um, Sarah, do you want to start? Uh, I would just go with promote the positives. Um, this kind of exercise is fa fabulous for your mental and physical well-being. And I think it, equally so, it's going to be quite challenging for some people because you've been indoors for such a long time. There's a real lack of confidence in going back outside. So I think, you know, if you if you if you go all guns blazing, I think it's going to have the wrong effect. So I think you need to be sort of drip feeding it. You know, for, for me personally, you know, I've got a group of girls that love it and that can't wait. Um, there are a couple that are nervous about coming back out again. So I think for me, you just need to be respectful of people's situations. Um, don't don't necessarily think that what you feel is how everybody feels. So I think if you can be sympathetic and understanding and then, you know, take the time, just just adjust yourself to what to suit other people. Um, and just, you know, be like I said, just be sympathetic to how they may be feeling. But I think once we all start moving again, and I think once people have been, you know, out a couple of times, they'll really enjoy it and really will feel the benefits of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Sarah, definitely. How about you, Sue? Well, we've been trying to keep, obviously, the, the players motivating of while, while we've been in lockdown. So we've been obviously using the downtime as such to obviously increase their development off the pitch as such so we've been doing like an online education program which has been quite popular so we've been doing like zoom you know lessons so not only that they've been continuing with zoom on the school they've been doing zoom football <laughs> as well but um but so we've we've kind of been getting them so in terms of obviously so we're still here if that makes sense you know that we're still thinking about like reading the game or how we can get them playing or a bit of strength and conditioning and a bit of exercise, that kind of thing. And obviously keeping them motivated because believe me, they're all desperate to get back to football. I can imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think really a bit of theory, you know, they'll put it into practice when they do get back on the grass. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Emma? I think the main thing is is making it fun we've all mentioned it um during this sort of time but it's like we all do that anyway but it's really trying to create environments where it's as fun as can possibly be I think that's really important for girls and women in comparison to men is that and boys are sometimes there in it to win and in my experience in girls football that's not the case everyone in it is in it because they just really enjoy it and yeah. they they're there with their friends and they want to have fun and you know, if they learn skills, great. If they win a game, yeah, extra bonus. But that's not really why they're there. And I think that's going to be probably the most important thing is just making sure that every opportunity is as fun as possible. Because that's how, you know, if, if a girl enjoys herself, the next she'll tell her best friend at school and then the next week she'll come along. And that's sort of how it grows. And if you don't create those fun environments, it, it's harder for that to happen. Um, and I also think, you know, like for for young girls as well, is like creating the right opportunities and equal opportunities for them. And I know the FA have come out with a new strategy to try and 
make sure that girls have equal opportunities in schools but also that might take some time to come into practice so, so it could even be like parents challenging schools you know if boys come back after the lockdown and they're their after school football sessions on and active but the girls isn't we'll challenge the school and say well why not like it should be equal my daughter should have the same opportunities that these boys are having when I know everyone's come back and after school activities might be a bit more restricted but creating those equal opportunities for girls to play so that that if they're playing in schools they're more likely to play out of school yeah definitely definitely oh that's brilliant there's, there's a couple of key themes that have run through our whole discussion this afternoon I think that fun is definitely one of them to make your sessions fun and enjoyable and I think the other one is the social aspect and it shows it shows slightly how um there is a difference between what girls want out of their football sessions and and women as well when they're when they're getting involved it is that fun and it is that socializing and also as you get a bit older probably more the health benefits as well so ladies thank you so much for joining me this afternoon for the podcast it's been brilliant to speak to you um I hope you've enjoyed chatting along together. Um, And yeah, I'm going to sign off there. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook, at Surrey County FA on Instagram, and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care, and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.